well, following yesterday's uh, dissolving of parliament, you know, and I always wonder how, how you do that. Is it by pouring hot water on top of the place and it's sort of just like coffee granules, dissolving of parliament. Um, I, I guess Westminster is going to be a, a quieter place a quieter place for a few weeks with those who were MPs now scattered back off to their constituencies. But no doubt, still there will be um, the Brexit banners and the EU flags, but maybe not for the, any people for those that are waving them to shout at. Maybe the TV crews on College Green that would have recorded it all happening for the past three years are all across the country trying to follow the different battle buses and see what is going on. And that will be the case until Friday the 13th of December. I've only been inside the Houses of Parliament once once, and that was to meet with a lord who is also a URC minister. There's not many of them about. Uh, and it's a URC minister that's no longer in a pastorate. He's a crossbencher, so he's neither side. And it was at this time of year, it was November. And uh, I find that... Um, before going in, just across the road at Westminster Abbey, the, the Garden of Remembrance was being erected. Little wooden crosses, uh, each with a handwritten note being put into the ground, and the piece was broken every few seconds with a tap-tap of a mallet as another cross was put in. A remembrance of another life was added. And then uh, around the corner, opposite to the entrance to the Lord's, where I was about to go in, uh, there was a rally, and it was shouting. Really shouting. And, and they were uh, proclaiming um, about the need of Iraqi Christians that were being persecuted. And so, with this background going on, I arrived at the security gate. And one of the others that was uh, coming to the meeting, uh, which was to discuss education, uh, and this person was from the Department for Education, and I met up with them at the gate. And she said, I don't understand what they want. I don't understand what they want. It was just the shouts and the noise And there was only really one easy answer. Despite all the shouting, what the people wanted was peace. Those hammering in the crosses, whether it was those that were out there protesting, whether it was the other folk milling about, tourists with their cameras, they all, I felt wanted peace. 
the passage of Isaiah that we have today is a telling of future peace. This is after the exile. Many chose to maybe stay in Babylon, but, but those that have returned to Jerusalem had dreams of a new life. But even as they, they get back there and want to start their new life, they find that the temple is in ruins. This is a passage to people who have survived the horrors of war. Or perhaps Luke having been born after the war and see what has been left by the conflict of years before. People who now have to try and pick up the pieces. And so the prophet speaks hopefully of peace, peace in the future. And he addresses it from a a number of different directions, doesn't he? He thinks of infant mortality. And the countries with the worst infant mortality uh, in the world are Angola and Sierra Leone and Afghanistan. All places that have seen conflict uh, in recent times. And the prophet talks of long life. Someone who is a hundred will be considered a youth. Oh, we're all children of God, aren't we? We're all perhaps youthful in that concept. But if you're considered a youth, if you've lived to a hundred, you've not died on the battlefield. Or had injuries there that shorten your life. And when he says of eating food that we have planted, it indicates a a security of the land. The ability to plant and harvest shows a peaceful presence over time, not trampled underfoot by horses. Or driven over these days perhaps by tanks. Not planting it as food for others, as slaves. But eating it as your own family. The description Isaiah is giving here is what the Lord's told him. That there will be new heavens and a new earth. But this is not the heavens. This is the new earth. A new earth created from the old. Where tears and grieving will not be known. But where death will still occur. We have all... It's fair to say, lost someone in our lives. 
No. Perhaps a husband or wife. Perhaps a parent. Perhaps a child. Maybe very close friends. But when we lose that person, we grieve. We cry. We come to terms in some way, maybe, with life without them. But it's still a struggle over a period. Reminders come, and perhaps privately we might cry again. Yet Isaiah says the hope, the love, the presence of God will be such that although there will be death, we will not mourn. The world will have a peace that is beyond a simple absence of war, but is a peace that comes from God and God's presence dwelling with us. As Christ's body, the church, we are on this quest for peace. Not a dream, but a purpose that we work towards. Peace with our neighbor. Peace with who we are. We have hope. Hope for our future. But hope for the future of others too. And in this, we need love to be the driver of our thoughts and our actions. And have to have a sense that that love may come to others and drive their thoughts and actions too. So as we no doubt will read bits over the coming weeks and see people standing to be leaders. We need leaders who will seek the right way forward. That may seek the signs of a growing kingdom. Hope for ourselves and others. Health. Well-being. A reduction in infant mortality. Greater expectancy of life. Farmers growing their crops for fair reward. 
on community development rather than housing development. As God's people, we need to see how God's kingdom will come. So let us, over these coming weeks, as we hear the words, think of God's word. God's word through Isaiah is of a hope for the future. May we be people of hope.